This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 30. My bags are packed. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear conversations on marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. So, where are you going? Oh, well, I wish I was going somewhere exotic. But today's episode, we're actually talking about carrying baggage into the relationship. Mm, <laughs> yes baggage. <laughs> we all have it, don't we? We sure do. We sure do. I guess it depends if it fits the 50 pound weight limit of the airplane or not. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to baggage in a relationship, whether you're dating, engaged, married, been married for a year or 50 years, we all have baggage mm-hmm. that we bring into the relationship uh, from prior relationships, but also when you come home from work or from relationships or interactions with others or mm-hmm. in-laws or your own parents or siblings and friends and neighbors. I mean, everything, I mean, we're all, we're, we're individuals. Yes. <laughs> and when you bring two people together, a lot of baggage comes into play. Yeah, because we wish everything would be, you know, peachy and perfect, but that's not life. When Mm. you're bringing people together, there's obviously going to be some sort of friction. And sometimes that's something that we can just quickly brush aside. And other times there may be something that someone had said that sort of stuck with us and we're interpreting the world through not the way that God sees us, but maybe what other people have spoken to us. So when we were preparing for this episode, there was actually this moment when we were dating that we actually both quite remember in regards to baggage. Well, we weren't (laughs) actually dating at that time. It was after our missions trip to China. And we were, uh, we had talked about it in previous podcasts where I I was actually in Vancouver with some of my friends and we decided to stay a week later. Well, you were able to come along into different excursions and things that we did. And we always just managed to be in the same car together or like on the same bus or whatnot, just the two of us like mm-hmm. all our friends Just were sort of, two of us. <laughs> I guess they were kind of like they need to be together give them some space and <laughs> so yes so I was like nobody <laughs> wants to come in your car with Okay, everyone's like, no, 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 it's fine. Well, we'll go in another car. You guys just, you know, do what you want. (laughs) So I think it was the day before I was leaving back to Ontario and we were talking sort of the quote unquote define the relationship, the DTR talk. Mm. And we were trying to decide where to go from here. Is it just, you know, both of us are obviously interested in each other. But is it something that we're just going to leave behind Mm. or is it something that we're going to continue to pursue long distance? So something that I was really nervous about was I wasn't sure how to sort of rectify all my previous relationships that I had with this potential current relationship Mm -hmm. because I obviously felt something very different. Um, <laughs> about you. I'm just peeling carrots. <laughs> exactly. Woo woo. <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, maybe a little bit nervous that I wasn't ready or maybe that you weren't ready for me. Mm. So we were talking and I remember like I have, I actually said this to you. I remember I was like, I have a lot of baggage that I would carry into this potential relationship. 
And up until that point, there, I mean, we've talked about this before mm-hmm. and a little bit here and there in the episodes about how we started dating or how we, you know, our hearts were kind of turned toward each mm-hmm. other on on that trip. And, and I remember it was early on in the mission trip where I began feeling, having feelings for you mm-hmm. and, and really started admiring you and, and liking you and, and paying attention to you and, and wanting to sit beside you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when it came time to Vancouver, I'm sure everyone already, uh, all our knew. friends knew that yes. we had feelings for each other, but it wasn't anything official at that point. But I remember I was pursuing you. And especially Mm -hmm. after the mission trip ended, I was really beginning to pursue you. And Mm -hmm. and when you said that, and you said that you had a lot of baggage, I mean, I'm not a smooth talker. (laughs) I'm one of those people who mess up musical lyrics. Different sayings, different quotes. I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's uh, actually in grade eight and nine when I was trying really hard to learn Korean Mm -hmm. someone actually made fun of me and they were like you can't speak Korean that well and your English isn't that good either (gasps) and I was like but I grew up here yeah but it's because when you're I I was trying to immerse myself Mm -hmm. only speaking Korean at home and and with my parents and with my friends that actually you kind of go I I feel like you go there's a dip that happens completely because everything starts getting mumbled jumbled together so i don't know if i fully recovered (laughs) (laughs) i'm a little bit slower that's your baggage yeah (laughs) so i i yes so i'm not a smooth talker i don't have any pickup lines or anything like that but when you said that i just responded well i have a lot of trunk space (laughs) and i completely melted I was like, yeah, that's a good one. He's the one. <laughs> so after that point, what was it? Maybe a couple weeks or so after yep. you moved back to Ottawa that we, after speaking every day on the phone for a couple mm-hmm. hours, we actually started beginning our dating. Yes. <laughs> and that's soon after you told me you loved me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well, well, we got married. I mean, there's yeah. something, there's something there. there literally the day you left. I was, or one of the, you know, close to the days you left, I'm, I'm kind of mumbling up my days, jumbling mm-hmm. up, see, mumbling up my days, <laughs> jumbling up my days. I remember writing in my journal, I was like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm going to marry this girl. So there you go. The feeling was right. <laughs> All right. So what kind of baggage, Christina, do we bring into relationships? Because as we mentioned earlier, we all have baggage from our That's past, right. from our present. So when you enter into a relationship, what sorts of baggage does that entail well i think one really big one would be maybe a result from past relationships and that would be mistrust i feel like that's the huge like hockey bag yeah luggage that we would kind of throw into uh, a new relationship mm-hmm. I or remember, a current relationship yeah when i i had one serious girlfriend before christina and i remember that relationship came to an end because I found out that she had been cheating on me and it was I mean that was probably the first time I had ever really felt betrayed at a at a deep level I mean obviously friends would turn your backs Mm -hmm. turn their backs on you and I wouldn't get picked for whatever team or you know there'd just be things like that here and there 
But when you're dating someone, especially when it was kind of my first long, I mean, I say long term, it was, we probably dated for about six months, Mm -hmm. but I never dated anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, back then it was like, maybe I'd date someone for a week or two Mm -hmm. weeks or a month. And I mean, you have, you have no idea what you're doing. So this was like first time six months. And I, I was like, she cheated on me. And I was like, how long has she been, has she, has she been cheating on me? It was like, mm-hmm. did she even like me at the beginning? Cause she knew the guy before we even started dating. It was just like, it started unraveling. So heartbreaking. And mm-hmm. what was, I mean, that was when I was 16, mm-hmm. right? When I was 16 and, and we had met, I guess it was a couple of years later when I was 18, yep. uh, 18, 19. And it, it honestly, it didn't really bother me. It didn't really bother me until we started until we got engaged and then I moved out to Ottawa and then I remember first couple of years of marriage you'd come home or, or you'd be driving home from work I'd be home first and and just random thoughts would come in my mind I'm like oh who is Christina with is she with someone else what's happening and and it was just like and I'd be like well there's nothing like why am I even thinking this right was there anything that I was doing personally no. that was giving you a hint that no I was, there like, wasn't I mean we had or... a great love life our yeah. marriage was great right. I mean everything was going awesome we weren't in constant fighting no. or anything like that yet these feelings of betrayal, of doubt, of what is Christina doing? These what ifs would just flood into my mind mm-hmm. at random points, at random points. And I honestly, a couple of years after that, actually went to counseling to get that resolved. And, and what the counselor actually helped me understand was this idea of irrational beliefs. Oh, what's that? So mean? she actually started asking me because I was like, I, I don't like the way that I feel. I don't I don't like feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining that to her. And, and then she started talking you know, walk, walking me through it. And she's like, okay, so where do you think that stemmed from? And I was like, well, it's probably when this, when this girl cheated on me, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in high school and I was like, and she was like, oh, okay. And she started, you know, tease that out. Right. And, and later on she was like, okay, when you get these feelings, what's happening? And she started as a counselor asking me a lot of good questions. Mm-hmm. And then she eventually got to, well, has Christina ever done anything to cause you to feel this way? Right. Or does she ever do anything that triggers these sorts of feelings? Mm-hmm. And it's no. I mean, in fact, when I'm with you, I don't get them. It's only when I'm alone. Oh, okay. And she started to, and she's like, so where do you think that's coming from? And and then she actually said, well, these are, I mean, they're not real. They're not rooted in any evidence. Right. It's one thing facts. if you had some sort of evidence, but there is no evidence. They're irrational beliefs. Uh, so, I mean, I, I forget what else, what else happened after that, mm-hmm. but she helped me get over that. Oh, okay. So do you still get those feelings too, or do you know sort of how to handle them if they come to you or? I mean, we've been married 12 years now right. and the feelings don't really come out. I mean, occasionally here mm-hmm. and there, but I just toss it aside yeah. because my trust in you is because we have such a strong relationship right. and there's just honestly nothing that you've ever done that would lead me to think otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, that reminds me of um, our previous episode with Dr. Simon Shea and he was talking about sometimes that you just need to name it. You need to name that emotion or name that feeling so then you can sort of toss it out. That's true. So by your counselor giving you that uh, label irrational belief mm-hmm. and knowing that it's not grounded in anything, then when you have that feeling, you can right away or you have that thought right to be like, uh, you get the irrational belief uh, label. And what do we do with that? We toss that out and move on with life versus let it fester and 
consume us. Yeah, because festering and letting it consume you, that'll actually, you'll actually bring that into future relationships. Completely. And if you let that fester and 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 grow, it'll it'll you'll carry it on with you. Completely. And honestly, who wants to be not trusted mm-hmm. if there is absolutely no evidence? Yeah. Like if you don't actually, if you're accusing me of something that I have nothing to do with, that's really offensive and really hurtful. It is. So that could really definitely uh, bring a huge divide or wedge in not just a marriage, obviously in a marriage, but in any relationship. Yeah. And you see that where a relationship starts getting serious, Mm -hmm. especially if you're dating or or your kids are dating or, you know, someone else who's dating and and a relationship starts getting serious and maybe you get engaged and then all of a sudden someone starts turning on the other person and it's like starts questioning. And and, and where is this happening? Exactly. And a lot of times it's Mm -hmm. it's because of the baggage of mistrust that we bring into relationships. So first and foremost, especially when it comes to relationships, mistrust seems to be one of the greatest ones that we all bring into relationships. Yep, the heaviest luggage for sure. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Daniel, what is another piece of luggage or baggage that we bring into uh, a relationship? Yeah, abuse is huge. It's it's being talked about so much more, especially with mm-hmm. the hashtag Me Too right. movement and, and just individuals coming out with different accusations or, or I was physically abused or emotionally abused from these people mm-hmm. and, and sexually abused, yeah, sexually abused. Mm-hmm. and in the past they didn't have uh, they didn't feel like they could bring it up but now they can right and I'm glad it's being brought to the surface mm-hmm. because it, it is and and it's it's baggage that needs to be addressed mm-hmm. so in a relationship it's important that you talk through past emotional or physical abuse that you might have personally encountered right? or so, experienced, I mean. So when we were talking, um, like sort of getting to know each other and dating, uh, I had to tell you about the emotional abuse that I had been mm-hmm. through because I can't remember, we got into a fight one time and I just reacted completely different than any sort of thing that we had done before, experienced before. And it was kind of like, where is that coming from? And so when I was 17, I believe I was in a long distance relationship, uh, but he I didn't know it at the time, but everybody else kind of knew it at the time. Afterwards, we were together for about six, seven months and he was so controlling. Mm. Now you think like you're long distance. How can you be controlling? But he played so many mind games with me. He would call me in the middle of the night. And then if I'm like, I'm too tired, I need to go to bed. He would guilt me into like, you need to stay on the phone or you don't love me or whatnot. Mm. But everything was on his agenda. If I called him and he was watching a movie with his friends like at home or something he'd be like uh I can't really talk right now because I'm busy like well I really want to talk to you and he's like can't you just leave me alone like you don't I can't have space I can't have friends and it's like I wasn't saying that I just wanted to you know Mm. and um so in the end we ended the relationship because my parents actually forced me to they're like if you don't cut him off we are going to take extreme measures of changing our phone number and so on and so forth. So uh, I ended it 
And then afterwards, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I couldn't believe all of the stuff that he was telling me that who I was and like, I'm not good enough. You know, my legs are too fat. I should uh, walk more. And I started taking like diet pills and all this wow. stuff um, because I just felt like, you know, when someone tells you something so often, you start to believe it. Mm. So that was huge of being able to realize, first of all, that I was in an emotional abusive relationship. And second of all, going back to trust of realizing and trusting that you are not going to be the same, treat me the same way because you are not the same person. Mm. So how did you go about resolving that or, or dealing with that afterwards? I think it was a lot of... Basically, same thing about labeling mm. of like, that's not who I am. Everybody else does not think that. And to make sure that I was aware of how people were treating me. And if there's a toxic relationship, leave it. Even if it's a toxic friendship where someone is really trying to control you or trying to make you do things that you don't necessarily want to, even if it's just, you know, stay with me for another 10 minutes and then you want to leave, stay with me for another 10 minutes or I'm going to run into the middle of the street or, you know, sort of silly things like that. But just realizing that you're your self-worth and being able to remember who um, you are in Christ as well. Mm -hmm. Now, what if a few of our listeners are hearing you explain emotional abuse now physical abuse it's evident as to what it yes. is and what it isn't yeah but emotional abuse maybe there are some of our listeners who are listening right now and mm -hmm. they're like well actually i wonder if my spouse is emotionally abusing me or i wonder if my boyfriend or my girlfriend is emotionally abusing me what kind of advice would you give them as they're kind of hearing this and pro trying to process it well i would First, have a discussion with them and be like, you know, when you say these things to me, it really hurts me or it makes me feel less than, less than who I am, less than you, et cetera, et cetera. And then watch their reactions. Mm. If they're like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I had no idea what was happening or why I'm doing this. Please forgive me and help me work on this or let me work on this. Maybe they need to go to counseling, so on and so forth. And then you start to see actual change mm -hmm. where maybe whereas one time uh, they would not let you, you know, you'd have to text right back or else they would call you, you know, screaming at you. And then versus now they realize, hey, you don't have your phone glued to you every 24-7, so it's okay. I understand. Mm -hmm. Then you see that there's a change and they're aware of it. Maybe you can continue to move on with a little bit of caution. If they're like downright totally like, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. And they don't see it and are not willing to like be denying, denying or minimizing. Exactly. Or maybe that's your fault. You're the one who's interpreting like that. They kind of turn that shame. They exactly. shame you and guilt you. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Completely shame you, um, attack you as a person. Then I think those are big warning flags of like, maybe I need to step back from this. Mm -hmm. And honestly, as you heard earlier, there's no shame in getting counseling. Completely. I mean, it is honestly going to counseling for me. And, and if you heard the in-law episode mm -hmm. and you can go back, it was one of our first ones that we did on the podcast. And, and Christina, you shared what you 
kind of the breakthrough you encountered when you were going to counseling. Right. And I mean, there's no shame in counseling. So if, if you if there's anything that you hear from this episode and there's a particular baggage that you feel like you are continuing to wrestle with that mm-hmm. continues to come up in your relationship, honestly, check out counselors. I mean, if you if you're a part of a church, ask the pastor if mm-hmm. they have any recommended Christian counselors around. If you're not a part of a church, then uh, ask some of your friends who might be counselors or, right. or, or, I mean, there's, there's so many different types of counseling, especially mm-hmm. if you haven't done a counseling class and you're not aware of all the different methods right. or honestly reach out to us. We would love to help you find a counselor mm-hmm. in your area in as area. well. Absolutely. If you don't have anyone else you can kind of reach out to, I mean, don't feel like you're burning us. I mean, this is something that we would love to help you with. Right. That's at in between show on social media or if you wanted to send us a private email it's in between podcast the wait is over find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th dead sea squirrels book babylon breakout hi i'm mike naraki co-creator of veggie tales voice of larry the cucumber and author of the dead sea squirrels Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. At gmail.com. So far, we've been talking about mistrust and abuse, and both of those have to do with the baggage that we bring in from past relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, comparison's also another big one, isn't it, Christina? Oh, completely. Especially if the relationship that you had uh, failed or ended, maybe not on your terms, maybe on the other person's terms. And so maybe there's this little voice in your head telling you or asking you, what about me wasn't enough? For that person to stay around, why didn't he want me and his girl as his girlfriend, or mm. why didn't she want to marry me, so on and so forth? There's a lot of questions, especially if your ex moves on to another girlfriend or boyfriend, mm-hmm. or you know, fiance, so on and so forth, a lot faster than you did. Yeah. Why did they find someone that they loved and you haven't? Mm-hmm. What is it about me that they have that I don't have? Yeah, there's a lot. All of those sticky questions. There, It is really sticky. And if you're married and there's, I guess, comparison or those kind of thoughts that you've had or mm-hmm. uh, from previous relationships, those are dangerous ones to continue to entertain yes. because of Facebook. <laughs> oh, Actually, there's some research that shows that in a lot of divorce cases, in, in increasingly more divorce cases, Facebook comes up as a reason uh, for the divorce, not Facebook causing the divorce, but okay. but past relationships that maybe they let you go or you were the one that got away or or mm, or there there okay. are these things or a high school sweetheart that 20 years down the road you contact them again or or you become friends with them on facebook mm-hmm. and you start chatting and you're like oh we're in the same city or we should meet up or you should and that just it just goes it it it, it never ends well right <laughs> it never ends well so to if if you have those thoughts and those are that's kind of the baggage that you're bringing into the relationship we just encourage you to to make sure that you don't friend past girlfriends or boyfriends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Completely. And 
And let me talk frankly to the ladies here <laughs> because I feel like comparison is in our blood. Mm. Well, when we were young, it was sort of like who has this, who doesn't have this. And then as we grow up as teenagers and we're judging, oh, she, you know, is wearing clothes like this, but I have this name brand. And then as adults, I feel like we're really good at putting on a fake show, mm. like a big smile. But in our heads, we're like, oh, you're awful or, you know, you can't your house is a mess and yet you are wearing all these clothes or designer clothes or you have this attitude that you're perfect and yet you are a complete disaster, mm. you know, behind the scenes or whatnot. Let's just stop that, ladies. Mm. Honestly, comparison, I think we should be beyond that, that let us rejoice in what we have Let it, and thankful for what we have and thankful for who we are. And let us rejoice at our other friends that have what they have and that who they are. And let's just put an end to it because honestly, it's going nowhere. And mm. it's just going to create the cycle of greed. Yeah, it, it never ends. Nope, it doesn't. It just keeps on going. So yeah, let's stop comparison. <laughs> Done. Yeah. All right. Now, the next thing, I mean, finances, we've talked a lot about finances in past episodes. And obviously, school debt, credit card debt, the way we view money, medical debt. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that that is actually baggage as well. So we'd encourage you to make sure that you have those conversations before you get married. And, and let's say you got married and you did didn't have those conversations well you know it's it's your it's your together debt now <laughs> it's yes. your it's your love handles yeah you gotta you gotta you guys <laughs> just gotta work bank through love handles. yeah your bank love handles <laughs> you just gotta work through so episode five money saving hacks episode 17 money and marriage are two great resources to help you think through those but another one of those baggages right so we've talked about past relationships mm -hmm. quickly talked about finances but our relationship with parents and siblings is also another uh, it's a big source of baggage that we bring into relationships completely especially i would say if your previous like your family background isn't necessarily a healthy one then we talk about you know, we have conflict with one another, which is inevitable, but how we handle the conflict, if we deal with it or we just shut down or slam doors, break dishes, so on and so forth. Now, when our girls were younger, I remember seeing this, reading this. I mean, I, I don't really know the source mm -hmm. of where I first encountered this idea, but, but I, I remember seeing it where when our girls are older and they're trying to date someone or trying to figure out if the guy that they're dating is someone that they're supposed to be marrying... Mm -hmm. Um, I, I remember making a mental note to give advice, give the advice to our girls. Hey girls, watch how your boyfriend treats his mom. Yes, that's a good one. And I just kind of like stored it away in my filing cabinet. And mm -hmm. I was like, I, I need to tell that to them because the way that that boy, I mean, anyone can put on appearances. Yep. Anyone can put on and give a good first impression. But eventually in a marriage relationship, things get normal and you are very comfortable. Yeah, very comfortable. And it's really easy to slip into kind of roomy mode or take advantage of each other. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're not really considering one another or holding the door for them anymore. And you're just, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. It's easy. It doesn't mean it has to or, or should, but it's easy for it to go away. And a lot of times if, if the, if, if that, person that you're dating has a really rough relationship with their 
mom mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be perfect i mean obviously no there's relationship always is perfect. exactly but if it's if there's a lot of neglect or even if there's emotional abuse going that way or there's not respect or mm-hmm. you know just whatever that relationship i was i was i i remember making that mental note and being like girls you have to pay attention because that uh doesn't necessarily mean that their relation the, the boy's relationship with his mom is going to be your relationship with him if you get married doesn't it's not one to one but it is a source of baggage that might carry over completely and on the flip side mm-hmm. for the girls i would say uh, and i've seen it in my own life where we look for or you know maybe we don't even know it subconsciously we are looking for someone that is like our dad and the relationship like our father so sometimes that's a great thing and that's wonderful and other times uh especially if we had a dad who was addicted to a substance or something else um we really try hard to stay away from that but for some reason it's just sort of like creature of comfort or something that we are sort of drawn to that and so that's something to be aware of too that if you're carrying that baggage of a broken relationship with your father that to have other people sort of speak into you as well to show you a healthy relationship but as well as maybe be your second set of eyes. Like, hey, this guy is not so great for you. Um, He's having some sort of tendencies or whatnot that I see that are just not healthy. So maybe just watch out. Mm -hmm. That's really good. All right. Well, conflict resolution on episode 19, we addressed that. And that's another one of those aspects of baggage that we bring in either poor or good conflict resolution skills. So we want to encourage you to listen to that episode if you haven't. So Christina, what should we do about all this baggage? And I'm sure we could keep on going. Oh, there's so (laughs) many, right? There's carry on, there's the mini size, there's, you know, the cardboard boxes. Yeah, that's true. So what should we do about all this? Because we have it and we all have it and we've all brought it into the relationships we're in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, as a married couple, let's talk there first. Uh, maybe there you haven't really necessarily talked about all your previous baggage. Mm-hmm. So this would be a great time after you listen to the podcast. Maybe jot a few notes down yourself of like, okay, I need to tell my spouse about some previous relationships or the way that I've been thinking or the way they've been treating me and find a time to be able to sit down and talk. So maybe that's a date night. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's uh, fine time after the kids go to bed and both of you sit on the couch to, to talk. Yeah, that's great advice. Now, when it comes to, let's say, dating, people who are dating mm-hmm. and you're, you want to talk about some of the baggage to try to figure out, do I want to keep on dating this person or right. not? There's what do some you things. Have in your closet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to use discretion in your timing, mm-hmm. right? Just like if you're married, don't talk about this as you're getting. Don't talk about baggage that you haven't talked about or brought about brought up before uh, you start the day. Yeah, right. or even before bedtime. Well, if you're dating, like i.e. on your first date don't mm-hmm. talk about school debt <laughs> yes. i mean it's you, it's just i mean eventually you want to talk about it but it's not something you need to talk about on the first date right like hey if we potentially ever get married i just want to <laughs> say i have like three hundred thousand dollars in debt so do you still want to be with me yeah <laughs> i mean definitely before you get engaged completely you do need to talk about financial situations mm-hmm. so even if it's a romantic 
night on the pier and ladies, your, your, your man has gotten down on a knee and, and is saying, will you marry me? It's easy to get carried away with it. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't talked about finances, if you haven't talked about some of these baggage things, you need to say, well, let's go talk first. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you can blame me. Yeah. <laughs> so before that, before you get to yeah. that point where, you know, the guy is getting down on when the y'all go talk before that yeah. and ask some tough questions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where there's that episode we'll put in the show notes in between.org slash episode 30, some resources to help you talk through some of this baggage. So be sure to check out our show notes for that. Well, if you're married and you haven't talked through all of the baggage that you've brought into your marriage and, and you don't really feel ready to bring it up yet, even on your upcoming date night, Mm -hmm. then we want to encourage you to find someone who you can first talk about it with before you bring it up with your spouse. Mm -hmm. So we're not saying that talking about it with someone else replaces you talking about it with your spouse, but it's in a sense helping you talk about it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And make sure that it's not the opposite sex. Yeah. Like we're talking about if you're having an emotional conversation with the, you know, the opposite sex, I think there's just some tendency to feel connected beyond what you necessarily should feel connected. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So examples might be a pastor or a counselor. They can help you with the timing and how to bring up that past baggage because it really is unique to mm-hmm. every case, especially if, let's say, you've been physically abused and you never brought that up with your spouse. I mean, bringing that up and understanding how to share and how to talk about it is very uh, is, it can be very sensitive, right? right? And you don't want your spouse to shut you down or or negate it. Or, or you don't want to shut down in front of your spouse too as you're trying to talk about it and then you're like, I can't do this. Like, you know, I talked for two sentences and I feel sick to my stomach and I just, I don't want to continue and never ask me about it again. And yeah. it's like, what Yeah, what happens? do you do then? Yeah, what do you do then? Right, yeah. And I think in terms of baggage, there's always work that needs to be done in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And that's really good to start that process before we're, you know, starting to tell other people and whatnot that it's, hey, I've been working on this. I have a few steps to be able to, you know, solve it or whatnot. But um, I wanted to let you know that this is part of my life as well. Yeah. And part of resolving your baggage issues, and sorry to... If that made you feel bad, I have issues too. We all have issues, <laughs> yeah, we don't all worry. Have issues. So, <laughs> We're not perfect. So, so part of the way that we solve our baggage issues is to own up to our role in creating that baggage. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you have credit card debt, it didn't just happen overnight, right? What did you personally do to cause that? Do you have the same patterns of spending you used to have? Maybe it's credit card debt that you had when you were a teenager that's mm-hmm. just kind of followed you because it's 18% interest. Right. And it's just, it's taken, you know, it's a couple of days of spending that's taken you 10 years to pay off. Well, do you still carry those same patterns mm-hmm. or of, of spending or have you resolved that? Is there anything that you can do to change? So it'd be it before you bring it up, before you even blame, hey, I have this baggage because that person was abusing me or mm-hmm. or I have this baggage because that person uh, cheated on me or, or whatever. And, 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 and I'm not saying that it's 100 percent your fault. No especially in issues of abuse. Yes. But uh, when it comes to every area of baggage, I'm sure there's something that we can all own up to. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or become more aware of. Yeah. So that if a situation comes up next time that we're taking a pause being like, okay, wait, is this like a previous relationship? Mm -hmm. Is this like a previous pattern that I had before that caused this baggage that I need to stay away from? Um, I think just being able to have that awareness and that introspection is key to being able to let go of the baggage. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately what we have to do. It, it's not something that you can do overnight. It's mm-hmm. not something that can even happen just through a conversation with the other person. And as, and as cute as it was that I said to you that I would carry your baggage, yes. that I had extra trunk, trunk space. Because <laughs> we were sitting in your car too. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, even with that, I, I think there was definitely a lot of baggage that we carried for one another or we helped each other carry and yes, and, and we helped each other through. work through mm-hmm. and process. But ultimately, I can't carry all your baggage, Christina. No, and neither should you. Mm-hmm. And I cannot carry all of your baggage either. I'm yeah. not your savior. Yeah. That's and it. and as a parent, you can't carry all the baggage for your kids. And I mean, humans can't carry other humans baggage only god can really heal those wounds Mm -hmm. because ultimately what you're wanting is you don't want someone else to carry your baggage and for them to feel all your wounds and you feel light and and free right right you want both of you and in a marriage relationship by sharing your baggage and by sharing what happened in the past you're not trying to burden the other person Mm -hmm. you're actually that's part of the healing process right and one of the best ways that we can do that is to together lift that up to god because only god can carry our baggage only god can heal our wounds and only Mm -hmm. god can fully lift that burden completely i love what it says in first peter 5 verse 7 cast all your cares onto god for he cares for you and i find uh, so much comfort in that as well knowing that he's not even calling me to carry my own burdens it's not like i made these mistakes and he's like well kicks me to the curb and is like okay christina you screwed up you have to deal with it all no god is asking me to come to him and to lay my burdens down that i'm not supposed to carry them that i can give them to him cuz he can he can take all of those burdens and he can carry them yeah and whether you have a relationship with God or not, whether you've the last time you've prayed to him was a couple hours ago or maybe it was a couple decades ago. Mm-hmm. We want to challenge you to to today, even with all the baggage that might be flooding into your mind, to just lift that up to God mm-hmm. and see what God would do. Because he does care and he does want to carry that for you and he does want to bring about healing to you. So I want to encourage you, even when the episode ends, even you could even hit pause right now and just say, God, I lift this person having cheated on me, the, the way that they did this mm-hmm. to me. I, I, I lift this to you. God, I, I lift the way that I was fired, uh, the way that this person handled me or, or abused me. I lift that to you. I don't know what you can do with it, but I ask that you would carry it for me Mm -hmm. and that you would show me if you're real or not, that you would show me if you can actually really care, carry my burdens. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to challenge you to do that because God does care and he, and he does want to carry that for you. Right. All right. Well, on another note, next (laughs) week on episode 31, 
we are going to be talking about how to raise kids who change the world. I am so excited about this episode because we have a ton of resources to share with you that have really um, helped our kids be aware of the people around them, but also about the world around them and has really helped us be able to raise children who not only know about the world, but are starting to love the world as well. So if you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do that and it'll be it'll it'll download right to your device next Tuesday. Otherwise, if you haven't yet left us a rating and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, we would deeply appreciate that. We read every single one of them and it does help other people discover the podcast and mm-hmm. decide if they want to check us out too. So it would, takes less than 60 seconds and we would love it if you do that. See you next week. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast, two clergy of different traditions. Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.